Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this football Friday here in the uh, state of Arizona, the beautiful city of Tucson in southern Arizona. And we are live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And, uh, man, what a day we have planned for you today. Just a two-hour show, as we always do, but, my goodness, there is hours and hours of content to get into today. So I will not waste any time. What I will do first, though, is announce the winners from the uh, from the ticket contest that we had. Now, all week long, we, uh, we've been getting people to text in to register to win those tickets to go see Arizona versus San Diego State in the home opener tomorrow night at Arizona Stadium. You guys responded with a resounding uh, support for the for the promotion, support for the program. I can't uh, I can't tell you guys enough just how great the support was in this particular the, the first week of this promotion. We only you know we only ran it for a few days. We didn't have a whole lot of lead in to promote it in you know in time and stuff. We just kind of decided to kind of do this. I was like oh, I'll give away my tickets. We'll have some fun with it. And you guys responded uh, immensely. The city of Tucson. Uh, you know, obviously, the draw to go to the games is there. People want to attend the games, and I want to thank you all for uh, for texting in. You're going to have more chances next week because Arizona plays NAU on Saturday night, the following Saturday night, and we're going to be getting people to text to win all week next week. So if you didn't win this week, you've still got plenty more chances to win tickets throughout the season. We got still got the whole Pac-12 slate of games to come as well. But we do have our two winners for this week. For tomorrow night's game, the home opener against San Diego State, congratulations to James Windle and Marcus Lear. James Windle and Marcus Lear are the winners of this week's text to win contest, text to win my tickets to the uh, to the to the Wildcat game on Saturday night. Congratulations, James and Marcus. Thank you guys for participating and uh, enjoy the game and bear down. Can't wait to uh, to look down. Because literally, my tickets are like right below where I sit. So I'm up in the PA deck, five stories above the field, and my tickets are like right below me. So um, make sure you wear red, fellas. Whomever you bring with you, bring uh, you know, wear your red. Support your Wildcats and uh, be there early. Cheer loudly, stay late, and enjoy the game. Should be a good one. I, and I look, I do think it's going to be a good game, and that's where we're going to begin. Is the preview? to Arizona-San Diego State because, look, you know, I don't have much time to waste here, folks. Let's be honest. I talk too damn much to waste any, anybody's time anyways. Maybe that is wasting time. I don't know. <laughs> but we've got a short amount of time. I've still got Cardinals to talk about with Tyler Drake coming up in hour number two to break down Cardinals and Titans and the Cardinals offseason. But we'll wait. Uh, we'll do some NFL in hour number two because I know a lot of a lot of people want to get my hear my opinions on, uh, well, maybe they don't, but I'm going to say it anyways. On last night's game, Cowboys and uh, Buccaneers, and we'll talk about that uh, later on in the show, later in this hour, and then moving into hour number two. But we're going to begin with the game Saturday night, the home opener, the Wildcats taking on the Aztecs, San Diego State. We talked about it with Rich Ornberger yesterday, right, their, their color analyst, just how good they've been against the Pac-12 over the years. 
They've won a ton of games, a lot of them upsets. They've come in, I, I know they've come into Tempe and won a couple of times uh, against, uh, against the Scummies up there, the, uh, the team up north. They've gone into Cal, they've gone into Berkeley, they've won games there. They've, uh, you know, they've, had, they've had real good success playing against, uh, against the Pac-12, and they're looking to extend that success with a, a wounded team. Obviously, the Arizona Wildcats right now in the middle of a 13-game losing streak. Everybody knows that. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it until, until they win, right? Uh, they, they need to wear that hat. They need to hear that. I know, it, you know you get sick and tired of hearing it, but it's something that needs to stick in your craw if you're a Wildcat coach, player, member of that team to do everything you can in your power to get this team to win a football game. Get off that schneid. Take that string of L's and change that crooked-looking letter to something different. That's what they need to do. So when looking at this game, I I think it comes down to several things, okay? I I do believe this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think both defenses have proven that they can keep teams in front of them. They have the speed, and it's it's hard to judge San Diego State's speed because, at, look, as I mentioned before, I think New Mexico State's the worst program in the country right now as far as FBS. UConn may be worse, though, after watching them play and kind of seeing everything that's happening at UConn with Randy Edsel and all that. They may be worse, but regardless, they're one of the worst two or three teams in the country. So it's difficult to glean anything from what San Diego State did. It's hard to judge team speed. It's hard to judge how well the offensive line played or how well the defensive line played. The quarterback struggled, 7 of 20, had a quarterback rating of 73.3, which in college terms is really bad, actually. Um, so, why, you know, why did the quarterback struggle? You know, the receivers weren't getting great separation. There were some drop passes in that game. Uh, you, know, there's a, there's, there, you know, there's a lot to consume, but very little to get nourishment off of based on the level of opponent. They were down 10 nothing at half, outscored them 28 nothing in the second half, got the ship righted, and, you know, obviously kind of you know, ended up running away with that game. Created three turnovers in the second half, right, of uh, New Mexico State's quarterback, got three picks in that game. So, um, you know, that was important for them as well. But I think one of the things that stands out, and, and we'll definitely talk about this later on during my assessment of, of what Arizona needs to do to get a, to get a win here, the coaching staff, Brady Hoke and his coaching staff, all talked about fundamentals, and it seemed to be a, a point of of importance for them because they didn't feel they did the, th- the fundamentals well in the game against New Mexico State. And that could play well for Arizona because, honestly, I thought Arizona's fundamentals were quite good in their game. They played well in all three facets of the game. Obviously, two missed field goals, that has nothing to do with fundamentals. Uh, there wasn't a bad snap. It wasn't a bad hold. There wasn't, uh, a, you know, a, a shuffling of players late into the into the formation. There was none of that. It was just a straight up missed kick. Two missed kicks. Okay, um, there weren't a whole lot of missed tackles in the game. There weren't a whole lot of missed assignments, other than a couple of blitz pickups that got missed, not only by the offensive linemen but also by the quarterbacks not calling out the right protections. Okay, so. Very, very few fundamental breakdowns by Arizona, which is indicative of how intensive this coaching staff has been preaching fundamental. you you got to start from the ground up. When you, when you take over a program that's in the dire mud that Arizona was in when, when Jed Fish and his staff took over, you have to start at the bottom. You strip everything down, take, you know, take all the paint off, strip it right down to the bare metal, and start rebuilding that foundation. Okay? It starts with fundamentals, and they have, they have checked that box. 
They got everybody. They they got everybody buy in. They brought all the guys back that were in the transfer portal. Almost almost every single player that entered the transfer portal ended up coming back to Arizona. That was checkbox number one. They got everybody else towing the ro- tugging the rope in the same direction. Checkbox number two. Everybody bought in. Number three, fundamentals. Fundamentals that play out on the football field. Checkbox number three. Okay, so things are going well for Arizona. They're progressing. They weren't ready to win that football game against BYU. Something tells me that even had Arizona converted the Bryce Wolma touchdown on the, uh, on, from, the, from the 19-yard line, even if they had converted both of the missed field goals by Lucas Haversick, I don't know if Arizona was still going to win that football game. It just didn't seem like, you know, it didn't seem like Arizona was the better team. It seemed like they were always kind of just playing from behind. They were right there. I mean, they, they outgained BYU. The defense played extremely well. But I just I felt like even had they converted all those things, I'm still not sure. Like, oh, I, I think we're one play away from, well, away from winning that football game. I don't. I think we're about four or five plays away from winning that football game. And, uh, you know, you, you can say the same for BYU. They were three or four plays and blowing that game wide open. So I don't think Arizona was quite ready to win that football game based on what I saw. This week's a different story. After watching what I saw on Saturday night for Arizona in Las Vegas, and after seeing some of the things from, from uh, San Diego State and then talking with, with Rich Ornberger yesterday, I believe that in this particular matchup, and I think Vegas has got it right, I think Arizona's the better football team here. I really do. Here's, the, here's what Arizona needs to do to win the football game. This is, this is just kind of my little preview into the game, things to look for. Okay, If you're a football, just a complete football geek like me, you'll probably enjoy this. It took me like – well, I mean, I would say throughout the week, it's taken me several hours to compile this information. And and then this morning, about an hour and a half to kind of all put it down on paper, kind of see what it looks like, you know, like kind of forming a, you know, a clay pot or something. You have a big glob of clay and you start to form it into however you want it. Look, the Aztecs love to run the football, right? But they love to run the football between the tackles. They'll do so in a multitude of ways. They've got an all-conference tailback in Greg Bell, and he is – Really good. He's strong. He's explosive. He's got home run speed. You know, he can he can cover sixty yards in a real real short amount of time. He's very talented. He'll play in sun he'll play on Sundays. He'll play in the NFL for sure. And you can expect all the different types of interior runs from Brady Hoke and his offensive staff. They're gonna run stretch, they'll run counter, they'll run trap, draw, lead play at times. If they bring in an H back or a fullback, they'll run lead. Okay? They they run it in a multitude of ways. They don't try to – Greg Bell's not that, you know, bounce it outside, kind of get outside the numbers, run down the sideline kind of guy. He's a guy that likes to get up in the hole, make a make a quick decision, a quick cut, and he's gone. I mean, he's he is extremely good, and he's very strong. He's able to shrug, uh, shrug off arm tackles and things like that from, from defensive tackles, just kind of sticking their arm out like a turnstile trying to uh, slow the guy down. Some guys it works against, not against Greg Bell. So you're going to see all of these different types of between-the-tackle runs. So when you have a team like that, a team that likes to run between the tackles, and look, San Diego State's not much of a – they do play a little bit of zone on, uh, on the offensive line, but it's, it's mostly uh, you know, traditional man-on-man, hat-on-hat blocking uh, schemes. It's, it's, it's quite basic, uh, but it's quite beautiful. Look for Arizona's defensive line to slant inside. So when Arizona goes – when, when they go even, okay, even front, look them to slant inside because what they want to do is they want to have even fronts with odd fits. 
Now, the way that works is essentially you, you, you can either line up, you know, you know, nose on nose against your guy or you line up to his outside shoulder, okay? Then what you do, because when you line up to the outside shoulder, a lot of times, and look, this is important because it, 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 they, they had talked about fundamentals at San Diego State. If that offensive line starts to cheat a little bit, okay, and when I say cheat, I mean either they're starting to drop their outside foot a little bit to try to get themselves into a better position in pass protection, or they start to widen their splits a little bit because they believe they need to kind of get get over just a little bit more. Now, normally offensive line splits are three feet. Traditional line splits are three feet. Obviously, when you watch a team like if you watch Mike Leach, his, his O-line splits are like seven yards. It's ridiculous. They go hash to hash. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it in my life. But traditional splits, three feet, okay? If you can get them just to, just to move half a foot to a foot, okay, you're talking now you've got even that much more space to sneak those linebackers in and run blitzes or just straight-up fill, okay? So your front seven starts to, starts to own the gaps if you can widen that offensive line further than they're comfortable doing. Now, what Arizona will do, they'll go even front, and I think they should slant inside. And I think they will tend to slant inside, meaning that they'll try to take away the inside shoulder, inside leverage from the offensive lineman because – Arizona wants, San Diego State wants to run between the tackles. You're going to want to try to clog up that area inside the guard center area to try to make Greg Bell make those decisions in the backfield to cut and then move to off tackle. Okay, Then that's where you have your your will and your Sam or your safeties waiting to come up and make those tackles. So if you can slant inside on that kind of technique, you require those linemen to make decisions on the fly. And we talked with Rich Ornberger yesterday, right? They, they, they have good offensive linemen. They're inexperienced. So if you can make those guys make decisions on the fly by giving them a, a look pre-snap and then giving them a technique post-snap, now you're having these guys make this. Now they're having to think. They're no longer just out there going through the motions, uh, blocking the, the tackling dummies like they have been in practice for the last eight weeks. And it could possibly lead to really wide open lanes for the linebackers to come in and fill. Because a lot of times what happens is defensive lines, they say, we're going to clog the lane, we're going to clog the lane. Okay, that's, that's all well and good. The problem is if you, have three, you know, if you have three tackles, three defensive linemen clogging the interior of the, of the, of the, the offensive line, the line of scrimmage, you've got five offensive linemen, that's a mismatch. Okay? Then what they can do is they can seal that, and then the, the running back bounces outside or they find other ways to get uh, playmakers to get the ball on the outside. You don't want to just cause a pile. That, that happens in red zone goal line situations. You don't want to just create a pile there. You still have to play your fits. You have to play your gaps. You have to do it wisely. So if Arizona can get with their alignment, if they can get those offensive linemen to kind of cheat a little bit, like maybe they step out a little bit more, try to get an advantage – uh, try to get more heads up against those guys. You, you start widening the gaps. All of a sudden now you slant inside. You leave more wide open lanes for the linebackers to, to knife in there, like on run blitzes or just straight fits. Uh, now you've got, you, you've got run stopping ability there. You've got a team and a defense who will stop the run at, at, every, at, you know, at every type of, of play, whether it, be, uh, you know, whether it be A gap, B gap, C gap. You've got all those covered. You're good to go. The only way they can beat you is on the outside or if you miss tackles. That's it. Uh, I know it sounds simple, 
but it you know it's really it's like, you know you got you got men out there trying to move other men around. It's very difficult. Men that don't want to be moved around, trying to get moved around, usually doesn't go out go too well. So it's a struggle, as we know. But Arizona needs to win the trenches this in this game. I believe they have the personnel to win in the trenches. I think they can win those four on five mismatches. I mean, you, you're going to get. Uh, plenty of run blitzes from from Don Brown. I think he'll have more calculated run blitzes in this game, and I'd like to see that because I don't think San Diego State is going to try to throw the ball too much. And and here's why. Because I, I, I believe, and I truly believe this, Arizona's corners will not give up very much against the wide receivers in a one-on-one situation. So if Arizona plays man, Christian Roland Wallace and Isaiah Rutherford have got that locked down. Like, they're good. They're better than San Diego State's wide receivers. So they can match up man-on-man, man, play cover zero, cover one, and that just allows the front seven to do even more damage at the line of scrimmage within the first three yards of the line of scrimmage. That's going to be the key to the game. Can Arizona's corners truly lock down the wide receivers in, in man coverage? Can Don Brown play zero or one, cover one, essentially high, single high safety just in case? Can, if you can play zero and one the entire game, uh, Arizona's got this thing, they, 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 they're going to have it figured out. As long as they can tackle well enough, they'll have it pretty well figured out. And it's all going to depend on the corner. If the corners can play man, and I do believe they can, because I, I, I believe that Arizona's corners are better than San Diego State's wide receivers. So look for Don Brown to dial up a lot of man cover zero, cover one. Believe in their top two corners to cover those wide receivers because San Diego State's going to run – Two wide receivers, maybe three, but it's mostly going to be two wide set. Like a lot of times they go, uh, they'll go twelve personnel, so it's one tight, uh, you know, one one back, two tights, and two wide, uh, and Arizona can can play man against that. Should be able to play that all day long. So that's what Arizona can expect on the defensive side. What you can expect from Arizona on the defensive side. What about offensively for Arizona? What can they do against San Diego State's defense, which is really really good don't don't mistake it folks the Aztecs defense is legit and it has been for a long time we'll talk about a little wrinkle that I think you might be able to see and if if I were I mean if I were coaching it would be something I would definitely look into we'll talk about that next join Spears and Ali today from three to six for Bear Down Friday I will be there I'm coming down to Tucson today I'm leaving here in uh, in a few hours to head on down there We'll be at Main Gate Square right there at University between Euclid and Park. Join the Tucson community as we cheer on our Wildcat football team. Now, happy hour is from 4 to 7. There's all kinds of specials at the restaurants and the patios right there. And there's the Junior Cats Activity Zone for the kiddos. The pep rally will begin at 6, and it will feature the Pride of Arizona Marching Band. The U of A cheerleaders will be there, the Palm Team, the Twirlers, and Wilbur and Wilma will be on site as well. Although, those I feel I feel sorry for those kids in those in those. Uh, those uh, costumes, my goodness, it's going to be hot out there. So bring your cover <laughs> and be looking to go inside at several of the locations and have a nice cold one uh, before heading back out for the pep rally. More information can be found at ESPNTucson.com. There's contests to win tickets and a whole lot more. Bear down, Arizona, and cheer on your Wildcats at the pep rally today. When we return, what Arizona can do offensively to offset this great San Diego State defense. That's next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. 
Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now, I don't know if you didn't know this. You probably did. But sports betting has officially gone live in the state of Arizona, and FanDuel Sportsbook is celebrating with 40-to-1 odds on any week one game. And who wouldn't want to win $200 on a $5 bet? It's just as simple as signing up with the promo code DEAN. Use my last name when you sign up, the promo code, and you could win $200 on a $5 bet just by using the promo code DEAN exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Now, if you're looking to, to bet college instead of pro, like just for instance, if, if you're looking, if you're one of those Wildcat fans that likes to go through the ultimate misery of betting your favorite team, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways that you can bet the Arizona-San Diego State game. Okay? You can bet the spread, you can bet the money line, you can bet the total points. And then they also give you a ton of other options as well. You can bet first half, you can bet totals, you can bet first quarter scoring, fourth quarter scoring, you can bet which quarter you think is going to re- yield the most points. You can bet the first half spread, you can bet total points for one or the other team. There are tons of different ways to shape up the way you want to bet the game, and you can do it right there on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. They're always hooking you up with the exclusive odds boosts, great promotions, and so much more. But don't forget to sign up with the promo code DEAN today to get your chance to win that $200 on a $5 bet. That's promo code DEAN exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over and present in Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus is $200. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. So one of the things that I'm looking at for Arizona in this particular game offensively, look, San Diego State's really solid. They have been specifically solid versus the run for like eight years plus. They've been one of the best teams in the entire country uh, defensively against the run. I think Jed Fish said in his in his press conference that they've been in the top 20 since 2012 it, nationally. That's you know, that's really impressive, especially considering where they play in the Mountain West. There's a lot of big offenses out there. Uh, that's a that's a tough and, and look. San Diego State gets scheduled a lot by Power Five teams, so that's a real nice feather in the cap for the Aztecs. Now Arizona may may need to get creative in the run game. Look, the run game wasn't great against BYU. They didn't establish the run early. They were able to establish it in the second half after the passing game kind of softened it up a little bit. And also, I think the offensive line started to feel their groove a little bit more. Arizona was able to scheme a little bit better. But look, Arizona might want to get creative on Saturday night with some misdirection run plays and or stacking the deck against the front seven of San Diego State by going 22 personnel or, and this is my choice, and look, this is this is one of those, I don't want to say radical ways of thinking, but just hear me out. <clears throat> I think Arizona should use, and they could use, and you should be looking for it, using Jordan McLeod at quarterback for one series, maybe two series. And here's why. Hear me out. In a game like this, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think a lot of people agree this is going to be a low-scoring game. The line in Vegas is 46.5 points for college football. That is like like 1972 uh, edition college football there, 46 points. Okay, That's very, very low scoring. Vegas believes, I believe, that both defenses will, uh, will prevail in this game and it will be a low scoring game. If you can steal one series, 
if you can steal a series and get points out of that series, whether it's three or six, okay, by bringing in a quarterback who has a completely different wrinkle, you know that they have a game plan for when Jordan McLeod is in there at quarterback. You know that Jed Fish and and uh, Brendan Carroll have that in their, in their wheelhouse. They have it in there. It's something that they could use in this game just to steal a series. Let, let, let's look at it this way. Let's say it's middle, you know, nearing the end of the first half, okay? Arizona gets the ball back in the second quarter. There's five minutes and ten seconds on the clock. The score's tied 7-7. Seven to seven. It's been a real defensive slobber knocker. You're looking to have a sustained drive to end the half with points, okay? You don't need a two-minute offense. You need a sustained drive with points to end the half or at least give San Diego State fewer than 60 seconds when they get the ball. What do you do? You steal a series. You bring in Jordan McLeod. He starts at quarterback. You go from the 25-yard line, and you play veer, option, quarterback, iso-type run plays. You bring in 22 personnel, maybe even – you know, maybe even three tights, or you go two tights and a fullback with Markov or something like You really just go out there and you have this multifaceted, multi-option run game that will throw San Diego State off of their game for one series. Have the defense scrambling. Go quick, okay? Try to steal that series. And even if you only get three and a half yards of play running the football 11 times on that drive, it's totally worth it. You can try to steal a series in a game like this if you can get points. And like I said, whether it's three or six at the end of a half in a situation like that, that could be monumental towards Arizona winning or losing this football game. I think it's a wrinkle that Jed Fish should certainly look into, and I think he could look into it. And that's just using Jordan McLeod for one series. I'm not talking about having Will Plyer. I'm talking full-on Jordan McLeod out there running that whether you run spread or whether you run tight and option type of of, of uh, offense, you can do either or. Whatever I think, you know, whatever the the team and the offense have schemed up for Jordan McLeod and what they think will work against a team like San Diego State's defense, I think it's something you could do. I, I, honestly, I think it could be the difference between winning and losing this game for Jed Fish. If you can just find a way to steal a series, just get a cheap one. <laughs> okay, sometimes it's the little things like that that throw a wrinkle into the game that end up mattering more than any – because at, at the end of the game, let, let's say Arizona wins this game 24-20, let's say, okay, at the end of the game. And you say, well, it was a, you know, it was a, there was a clutch play by Stanley Berry Hill or Michael Wiley had a great run in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the victory that leads to the field goal that gives them the four-point where, where San Diego State needs a touchdown as opposed to a field goal to win the game, you know, kind of thing. But then you can look back and you go, no, wait, it was that second quarter – uh, that, that possession of the second quarter that people were like, why is Jordan McLeod out there? <laughs> it's to try to steal a series, try to get a cheap one. So uh, look for it. Look for it. It's what I would do. Not saying that I, I belong in coaching or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, you got to find ways to win football games. This is going to be a very tightly contested game. You have to give yourself the edge any way you possibly can. Throw the other team wrinkles. Brady Hoke said in his press conference earlier this week, they had troubles with fundamentals on Saturday against New Mexico State. Give them more fits. Give them more reasons to uh, have problems with the fundamentals on their football team. Give them a different look. I also expect Arizona to open up the intermediate passing game a little bit in this game. Look, San Diego State's secondary is not very good. We talked about it with Rich Ornberger yesterday. He said they're, 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 they're inexperienced. 
and the one experienced guy that they have coming back wasn't even slated to be a starter. So I think this this uh, San Diego State secondary is ripe for the picking. So I do believe that Arizona has the advantage in the one-on-ones. I believe that Arizona's wide receivers are better than San Diego State's coverage. Likewise for Arizona's defense. I think the corners are better than the Aztecs' receivers. So I think one-on-one matchups outside the numbers are going to be huge in this game as well. So expect the receivers to get separation by running vanilla routes, okay? Receivers are not going to have to run double, you know, double moves against these types of corners to try to shake them because the corners are, are better or match even with them. Arizona's going to be able, the receivers are going to be able to run vanilla routes, slants, slogos, uh, flies, uh, hooks and hitches, curls, okay? Um, just quick sideline routes. Nothing that takes too long to develop, and that's going to be important because Arizona has to cut down on the sacks. They have to let Gunner Cruz drop back and deliver the football. Make quick reads, quick decisions, deliver the football, get it out of his hands. You do not want San Diego State starting to feast in the backfield because they will bring the blitz. They will absolutely bring it. So less time in the pocket equals better success for the offense, better success for Cruz. And Arizona can do that because the receivers will be able to get open without having to spend more time juking and jiving and making double and triple moves. They can get open. They can win those confrontations with just very simple route tree, crisp route running, which I think is going to be a huge difference in the game as well. It's, about, it's matchups. It's one-on-one. It's scheme. It's a lot of things. It's why we love football. It's, it's consummate team game. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll continue with some more college football talk and some NFL as well coming up in just a little bit because uh, there was some news that just came about out of uh, college football with the Big 12. We'll talk about that next. You're listening right here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join Spears and Ali for the return of Monday Night Football as they broadcast their show live from Famous Sam's on River and La Cholla. Come on down and watch the show live from 3 to 6 and then stay for Monday Night Football. The uh, Sam's there, Famous Sam's, has 42 televisions, over 20 beers on tap. The happy hour runs from 2 to 6 p.m. It's a clean and friendly spot to hang out with your family and friends. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com. As the return of Monday Night Football this Monday night with Famous Sam's at River and La Cholla and Spears and Ali right here on ESPN Tucson. So news out of the uh, the NCAA, specifically in the Big 12, as Big 12 presidents and chancellors voted uh, just about a half an hour ago to accept the applications of BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati to join the Big 12 conference. In a statement uh, the Big 12 made earlier this morning, they said the four schools were, quote, Approved unanimously by the eight continuing members, minus Oklahoma and Texas, because they've been basically kicked out of those meetings for their involvement behind the scenes with the SEC. Now, of course, this comes just a couple months after we found out that Oklahoma and Texas were going to be leaving uh, and joining the SEC by uh, 2025, which left a lot of people scrambling in the, uh, the the remaining members of the big of the Big Twelve, those eight schools, kind of scrambling. And once the alliance was formed between the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC, and they said eh, we're not too interested in those Big Twelve schools, the Big Twelve had to go back, sniveling, <clears throat> pardon me, sniveling and groveling, 
to uh, four of the teams that they once rejected several years ago. People don't remember this, but I do. (laughs) When there was a lot of conference realignment happening and there was, uh, you know, teams looking, a lot of the the, uh, non-qualifier uh, schools and stuff like that, teams in, in the uh, the non-qualifier, the non-Power 5, if you will, conferences, we're trying to apply to get into the Power 5 conferences. Like, we'll, you know, we'll be part of your t- uh, 14 or 16-team conference. So look, we've got this great resume in football. Some of those schools were UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU. And they were like, hey, uh, Big 12, hey, Pac-12, what do you think? You know, some of them uh, reached out to the ACC. I know, I know uh, UCF reached out to the ACC. Uh, to you know, for membership, Cincinnati wanted to join the Big Ten. Okay, so the Big Twelve told these guys to kick rocks several years ago, and now they come groveling back. Hey, can you guys join our conference so that we don't have to split up? Like this is the way things go, and you know, people have very short memories, and I'm sure all is okay in the Midwest right now, and it's kumbaya as the Big Twelve is now going to be able to save their conference by adding. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF to their uh, to their football schedules. Now, logistically, um, BYU is the only independent football school that they'll be adding because the other three schools are coming from the All American Conference, the AAC, right? And the AAC has been has been quite good uh, recently. Cincinnati, obviously, a a very very good football team. UCF has played in a New Year's Day Bowl. Okay, um, Houston with their recruiting base and the size of the city and the community there in Houston, it is going to be a huge draw. Not to mention, now I have not been to University of Houston, but I've heard things and I heard from people inside the program when they when Arizona went to Houston a few years ago, just how immaculate the facilities are there. It's going to be a huge recruiting boon for them to get into the Big 12 and have those Big 12 television contracts. So look for Houston to kind of be the, I think Houston's going to be the big winner in this, to be honest with you. But, so BYU is independent. They can join the conference in 2023. They can join in two years, essentially. Um, it's it's going to be football independent. Uh, the Cougars are going to continue to play in the West Coast Conference in all of their other athletics programs. Football is independent for BYU. They could have essentially gone wherever they wanted to or stayed independent. They have decided to now join the Big 12 along with these other three schools. Now, the AAC bylaws require their schools to give a 27-month notice before they leave and pay a $10 million buyout fee, which I'm sure Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 will either split or pay outright for those three schools. Not a problem. Now, in that particular scenario, given the announcement date of today, joining by the 2023 season, which is when BYU will be joining the, the Big 12, would it doesn't fit in the 27-month notice timeline. However... Money's, you know, money talks. <laughs> Everybody's got a price, right? I'm sure that a higher buyout would be a possibility for the AAC. Like, just give us another $30 million and we'll be okay. And we'll spit it among the, you know, the other, the other schools here. Our remaining, our remaining uh, what is it, eight? I think it's an 11-team league right now. Yeah, it's 11. So uh, they would have eight teams remaining, and they would then continue to play as an eight-team league. Now, the AAC, without these three teams, looks like this. It's Memphis, SMU, East Carolina, Navy, South Florida, Temple, Tulane, and Tulsa. So there's your there's your remaining AAC. 
probably for the 2023 season. So they will play the remainder of this season, the 2022 season, uh, as they are. And then I believe there probably will be some kind of an, a buyout agreement. The Big 12 will not want to have uh, a nine-team schedule in 2023 and then the 12-team schedule in 2024. I highly doubt that they'll want to do that. They would rather just pay whatever it costs, bring the other three schools in, go with a full 12 in two years, and be ready to play uh, in, that, in that type of scenario. Interestingly enough, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of you know, obviously non-con schedules that will need to be kind of reworked and such for a lot of these schools. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if the Big 12 continues with their eight uh, their eight-team conference schedule, or if they go to a nine-team conference schedule with this with this particular makeup. So, um, so there you go. That's and it, look, this is this is only because those four schools once again said yes, we would agree to joining the conference. I mean, obviously they would, right? These are teams that that you know could potentially play for uh, you know automatic qualifier New Year's Six bowls. Okay, now that they get into the Big Twelve. Big 12 is still considered an AQ conference. BYU, Cincy, UCF, and Houston can now essentially qualify if they can win the Big 12. And look, without Texas and Oklahoma, it's anybody's game, right? I mean, Iowa State may win it this year. After what I saw from Oklahoma on uh, on last Saturday, I think the Big 12 is wide open this year. Not wide open, but I think the Big 12 is open. I think a team like Iowa State could come up and bite Oklahoma or uh, if if Oklahoma State catches lightning in a bottle and they're able to to put together someone, you never know with Gundy what kind of what kind of magic he's going to work down there. So these these four schools are all got to be looking at it like we have a chance to win this divi- this conference every single year now, and they're right. They they are absolutely right. I think specifically Cincinnati and Houston, those two schools are going to benefit greatly. UCF will continue to do you know what they do, and I, I don't I don't know if a whole lot changes. For the Golden Knights, BYU has been in a conference before. They've been independent. BYU will continue to do whatever it is they do. They are a quarterback school. They will continue to schedule up. They play a tough schedule every single year. They are always looking for unique opponents to play and uh, unique situations to play in, and they'll have an opportunity to now be an AQ school in the Big 12. So look, this is, it's a good move for both, for both the, the, these four schools and for the Big 12, it keeps the Big 12 somewhat relevant. However, when you now look at the lineup of the Big 12, I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be a, a conference that that strikes fear in the hearts of uh, of other conferences because you would essentially have okay, you have Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and then. BYU, Cincy, Houston, UCF. It's not bad, right? It's not bad, but the markets aren't great. Houston market is awesome. The Dallas market obviously is great. Uh, the other markets are really nothing to write home about. As far as competitively, I'd say that those those 12 are on par, if not just a little bit behind what the Pac-12 is churning out right now, currently. Now, things could change depending on television contracts and whatnot. Pac-12 could elevate itself, but we'll see. So that's your interesting news coming out of uh, NCAA football, of course, as uh, the landscape continues to change. Texas and Oklahoma moving out. 
the alliance being formed, and now the Big 12 able to uh, reappropriate itself, at least for the you know following the 2023 season, reappropriate itself as the Big 12 with a true 12-member conference. ESPN Tucson and Tucson Appliance are looking for the next big radio star. All we need to do is have you help us pick the winner. Go to ESPNTucson.com and vote for the person that you believe would be the right addition as the weekly guest host on a phone segment with Spears and Ali. If you're a contestant, make sure you tell your friends, your family, go vote and vote daily at ESPNTucson.com. Now, the grand prize winner, which is going to be announced following Sunday, September 19th, uh, the winner will be announced on, on Monday the 20th, of course, on the Spears and Ali show. So the voting ends Sunday the 19th. Vote now, vote daily at ESPNTucson.com. A star is born on ESPN Tucson. Brought to you by Tucson Appliance, only at Tucson Appliance, where our low prices are your priority. More after this, you're listening to The Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, now here's the question in regarding the whole move of these schools to the to the Big 12. Now, obviously, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston will be moving all of their athletics operations to the Big 12. But BYU, who has been independent football-wise and has stayed in the WCC, uh, the West Coast Conference for basketball, let's say, uh, will they be bringing their basketball program over to the Big 12? Now, they absolutely could. I, I think they probably will. I'm guessing uh, Tom Holmo, who's the athletic director at, uh, at BYU, uh, I mean, I'm guessing that they would love to be joining a, you know, one of the Power Five conferences or in basketball. It's a little bit different, obviously. Um, but I think it, it gives them a little bit more of a, of, of a realistic yearly path into the tournament if they're a Big 12 school as opposed to the WCC. And Jeff Goodman even says so. Basically, he says, uh, he just tweeted this out a few moments ago. From a hoops standpoint, the Big 12 getting Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF is a nice save after losing Texas and Oklahoma. Of course, Houston has been terrific under Kelvin Sampson. BYU is a national program, and Cincinnati should get back to relevance under Wes Miller and UCF is a solid program as well. So I think the belief is that BYU will move their basketball program, at least their basketball program uh, programs, over to the over to the Big 12, which, again, I think, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good idea who, because they've been independent in football for a decade now. Um, and, you know, the, the, the basketball program has done well in the WCC. Now, as the dominoes begin to fall, I think you know where I'm going with this. Where does that leave Gonzaga? Because Gonzaga now would be essentially just the – I mean, yeah, there's St. Mary's, and they have a they have a fun rivalry there between Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and the games are always, you know, tight, and they're, um, they're, they're tightly contested and stuff. But, I mean, honestly, like, does, does Gonzaga have a chance um, if BYU leaves the WCC? What, is, what does the WCC look like after that? Uh, I don't – it's not great. <laughs> I mean, BYU was a, was a team that, that could be seen or and you know in and around the top 25 from year to year, depending on, uh, you know, how good the program was, how good the, you know, the, the squad was that year. You know, Mark Pope um, 
pretty good, uh, pretty good basketball coach. I think that this allows BYU's basketball program to now move into the Big Twelve and and compete at a at a at a, at a better level. They can uh, begin to pay for you know better coaches if they need to if they want to upgrade from from Mark Pope. I think Mark Pope's a fine coach, um, but they would probably need to pay him to retain him. You know, he's that that situation there. So. Uh, WCC looking a little bit weaker now. Does Gonzaga look to join a conference? Is that conference the, you know, I don't know, the Mountain West or something like that, but the WCC losing BYU, that's a, it's kind of a big blow uh, for the WCC. I, I'm guessing that BYU joins the Big 12. It, like it didn't say in the statement. The only people are talking football. I'm like, hey, there's other sports here, folks. Like what about basketball? I'm always thinking about college basketball. So, um. We'll have to wait and see kind of how that looks. But I, my guess is that, uh, that BYU will be moving all of their athletics over to the Big 12. It only makes sense. It's, it's, it's a better money-making venture. And as long as the Big 12 is inviting them for all sports, then I think it's the right thing for Tom Holmo and the athletic department to do there in Provo. So keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for other movements among the schools across the country. Is now more shakeup. More realignment happening. It's a good move for the Big 12. It's a good move for the schools. I think it's a win-win, uh, and it keeps the Big 12 relevant, at least for now. We'll see how those schools can compete on a Power 5 level once they actually get in there in a few years. All right, that's going to wrap up our number one, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Coming up in our number two, we'll talk some NFL. We'll be joined by Tyler Drake of AZ Sports to talk the Arizona Cardinals at 820. And we'll have my Friday five, my premier college game picks against the spreads and my picks for those five games and some of the Pac-12 games as well. Stick around. We're just a quick two-minute break away from the hour number two of the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson, 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.